Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Heavy Hockey Network and a recently announced friend of Edmonton Sports Talk. If you haven't heard the news, make sure you go to Edmonton Sports or EdmontonSportsTalk.com. Uh, we're going to have a new live show Wednesdays at 9 p.m. starting next week, Wednesday, September 13th. We're super excited about it. Tyler's super excited about it, even though he can't swear, vape, or drink on air. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. It's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to it. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, yeah. What, what, did, what did Eminem say? The FCC can't handle me. Is that kind of yeah. Tyler's thing? Exactly. Same thing, yeah. Same thing, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, but for tonight, episode 122, Metropolitan Division Fantasy Preview Part 1, uh, initially intended to be featuring Johnny Lazarus, uh, from the Blue Crew podcast and also of the NHL Network, I believe now. But uh, just with some scheduling conflicts, Johnny is going to join us on a later episode, uh, probably in early October. Uh, so it's just us flying solo tonight. No John. Um, Bruce, I forgot to introduce you, but of course, we all know Bruce is here as here. always. Hello. Um, okay, well, without further ado, let's get rolling, guys. Uh, I just Before we jump into the, the previous year, I just want to mention that this episode is brought to you by Flaviar. Refine your palate with spirits from around the world. Sample and train your palate with curated tasting sets. Buy bottles at a discount and curate your home bar. Socialize and learn together with other members. Visit flaviar.com slash FHH today to save 10% when you sign up for a subscription available to listeners in the United States, United Kingdom, and European Union. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, as we do each offseason, we are going to assess each division and team based on the results from the previous seasons as well as any changes that were made as a result of the NHL entry draft and free agency, uh, who improved, who declined, who remained largely the same, team statistics, schedule notes, additions, departures, projections, and maybe a little bit of witty banter from Bruce. <laughs> and we're going to jump right into it here. So here we go with the New York Rangers. 46, 22, and 13. They're third in the Metro. They were 12th in goals for at 3.33, fourth in goals against at 2.63, goals for percentage at 55.83, uh, Corsi 4 percentage at 51.39. The power play was ranked 7th at 24.1%, and the PK was 13th at 81.2%. The New York Rangers have 12 back-to-back sets this season, tied for 5th most with Buffalo, Chicago, Los Angeles, Montreal, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Toronto. 39% of the games are played on light days. They're tied for 5th most among all teams for next season in that category. Key additions include Blake Wheeler, Nick Benino, Tyler Pitlick, Eric Gustafson, and Jonathan Quick. Key departures, obviously, being Patrick Kane and Vladimir Cherisenko. Uh Bruce, I'm going to go to you first. Did this team improve, decline, or remain largely the same? Actually, I think they improved. Bringing Wheeler in, I think, was very, very smart for them. It'll give them another solid option in the top six. I've always been a huge fan of Tyler Pitlick, even when he played, when he played for the Oilers. Gustafson gives them a little bit of uh, depth on the back end, which they need. Benito's another, another center that can help them out. And really losing Kane and Tarasenko, I don't think was really much of a loss because they did put go- they did help with scoring, but it didn't help them a whole lot in the playoffs. No, and I, I mean I think we all know Kane was dealing with some injury issues, um, his hip, right? Last yeah, last season, last playoffs. So um pretty muted results from Patrick Kane. Um Tarasenko, I, I I feel like I don't even know what he did to be honest with the the Rangers, but I I just feel like I didn't hear a ton about Tarasenko in New York, to be honest. He was there. That was about it. All right. And then, Tyler, for you, what do you think? Uh, improved, decline, or the same? Uh, I think they probably slightly improved. Um, 
Blake Wheeler's big, a little bit more depth. Kane and Tarasenko both weren't there long enough to really do anything other than kind of make it weird <laughs> with having them both there. I just thought yeah. it was weird that they even did it. Um, but I, I, I would say that they probably improved, especially with some of the younger players, probably hopefully taking another step. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about those younger guys here in a second. I, I want to start with Blake Wheeler because you guys both mentioned him. Um, <clears throat> what's a realistic expe- expectation for Blake Wheeler next year? Um, probably going to take that second line right wing spot with, uh, well, who's going to play second line? Or uh, it's going to be Zabanajad and Kreider on this on that, uh, that second line, or are you going second, first line or second line? What do you think? I think he plays on the first line. You're giving him a first line top spot. Yeah, I think he's going to generate a little bit more space. Even though he's slow, he's still huge. And six, he's six five. St- yep. He's still got great vision with the puck. So, well, we've got him projected for twenty goals and fifty eight points. Um, is that kind of what you think? Does, does that seem reasonable to you, or, or am I kind of dreaming here? No, I think that's reasonable based on where he's going to play. Okay, um, and then. I think mo- most spots I've seen him have him on power, power play two, Blake Wheeler. Um, but like, do you guys see that differently, Bruce? What, what about you? Do you think is Wheeler getting top power play, or is he going to be relegated to the second unit? I think at least to start the season, I think he's going to start on the second one, and then I guess they'll see what happens with the first one. And he might get an opportunity to move up, but I, I don't see him getting an opportunity to move up not early in the season. All right, and then um, you guys had both mentioned. The young guys. So Philip Hedl and Alex Lafreniere and Capo uh, Caco. And it's funny. I don't know if you guys saw that interview that Mike Rupp did. Um, but his hot take was he thought Capo Caco was going to post 30 goals this coming season. Do either of you think oh, wow. there's any chance that happens? Bruce, I'll go to you first. Not from what I've seen so far, no. But uh, I don't think the Rangers would mind at all if he managed to do that. But I just, from what I've seen so far, I... <clears throat> I think Heedle has a better chance of hitting 30 goals than Capo does. Uh, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. Um, Phil, and, and so Philip Heedle's been great. Actually, I'll, I'll give you guys one guess. Do you know who the the second highest total points per 60 rate at 5-on-5 five five was for the Rangers last season? Heedle. Heedle. Tyler, <laughs> guess. fantastic guess. There you go. I guess. Uh, yeah, so he, he was at um, 2.45 points. Sorry, Panarin was the only player better. At 2.45 points per 60, five on five. Heedle at 2.25 was second, uh, even ahead of Zabanajad, which I found really interesting. So I think Heedle's probably a little bit underrated. We've got him projected for 23 goals and 54 points. Um, he's going undrafted currently in Yahoo, and there's probably a, a, a better than 5% chance that that guy exceeds his, his average draft position right now, Bruce, which is zero. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. He was, uh, Waiver, a decent waiver wire pick last year at the end of the season. He was up and down on different rosters. You see, he was flipping between fantasy teams here and there. He'll, he'll be a, he may not get drafted, but he won't be on the wire for very long if he starts off like he ended last season. Yeah. I, um, I think I'd still take Kako. I, I think if you look at all of his seasons, I mean, last year was his best one. Still not good. Finnish players take a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, he had 18 goals last year, so 
It's only 12 more to get to 30. Yeah, I, I don't think it's unreasonable. And I mean, if I look at their their depth chart right now, like Capo Caco, if they want to break up that kid line, like I think part of it is they want to keep those guys together. And so whether they push the second line or the first line for some extra minutes, but on the right side, you've got Wheeler, uh, Barkley Goudreau, Capo Caco, and, that's, and then Tyler Pitlick. So, I mean, there is probably a scenario where Caco gets to play top six minutes, and, and you're right, Tyler, there's only 12 more goals. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to mention is I think <clears throat> I think Lafreniere and Kako are actually both approaching their 200 game breakout threshold. If if you believe in that at all, um, so that 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 maybe like all of their their numbers, underlying numbers, I think look good. I've been hearing that from a lot of different people. So all three of these guys could pop next year to some degree, right? Um, the Rangers would be very happy if they did. Well, yeah, I mean that that what was their third line last year could become their second line in theory. Probably not, but I mean, um, could give them three solid lines anyway, and you just roll three solid lines all season, right? Which actually brings me to another thing I wanted to talk about, and that is um, is Peter Laviolette, who took over for the Rangers in the offseason here as the head coach. Um, 752 career victories makes him the most winningest coach, American-born coach. Uh, he sits eighth all-time. And I read somewhere that he likes to roll with with his two top lines. And so, Tyler, I don't know if you've paid any attention to that or noticed that in the past, but there, there's some thought out there that maybe a guy like Panarin gets some additional um, time in the offensive zone and, and maybe maybe he just rolls those two lines more and, and the bottom two lines actually end up with a lot more defensive zone starts, uh, which obviously could hurt their production, but... I don't know. Um, do either of you have anything to say on Peter Lavalette? Not really, no. <laughs> nothing. Nothing crickets? Nothing crickets. <clears throat> I know I know he likes to push veteran players, so I mean maybe that's not a good thing for Kako, but that's why I brought it up, right? Is is it gonna hurt Kako and Hedel and, and Lafreniere, but um who knows? Uh all right, let's go to uh, Panarin then quickly. So 30 goals, 96 points. Um, I, I think you kind of know what you're getting out of Panarin. Tyler, I, you've had him before, I think, in fantasy. Yeah, just that so you couldn't get him, yep. Yep, that's funny. <laughs> Probably because I had Patrick Kane, I want to stack the two, you, you dirty butter. Yeah. Um, the same thing. Yeah, but he's been very consistent, uh, playing at a rate of 1.28 to 1.38 points per game in three of the last four seasons. Uh, dropped off slightly to 1.12 last year. So, uh, Bruce, do you like 30 goals and 96 points? Any chance we see 100 points out of Panarin this year? Well, if uh, Laviolette pushes his veterans like everyone's saying, is he's got a very good shot at it. Yeah. They've got the talent in the top six to do it. All right. Uh, Mika Zabanajad. you guys know how much I like this player. One thing I wonder about, Bruce, is that when I was looking at the offensive zone start percentages for Zibanejad and for Chris Kreider, uh, both of them were below 50%, just under at about 48. Is with Again, with Laviolette there, is there any chance that we see Zibanejad and Kreider get an above 50% zone start uh, percentage next year? I think it's very possible. It doesn't have to go much farther, right, if they're at 48, 49 already. It doesn't take much to put them over the top, and that's... Looks good for the on the point side too. At least it can be. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my next question for you guys: Chris Kreider, does he hit forty goals? Bruce, I'll go to you first. Oh, sure he will. 
You going with yes? Okay. I'm going with yes. He will. Uh, great option for banger leagues. Average 1.62 hits per game last season, 1.73 the year prior, and 2.3 the year before that. Uh, Tyler, 40 goals, year and A. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Okay. Um, fair enough. Wilson talk about, oh, uh, Vinny Trocek. Uh, his current ADP of 147.5. I do like this player. Um, he's averaged over two hits per game the past three seasons while also being a solid contributor for penalty minutes. And uh, last season finished with 721 faceoff wins, 15th league-wide. Offensively, a guy you can count on for probably 25 goals and 60-plus points. Um, any chance he ends up on the second power play unit? Tyler, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I think so. I think with a couple of guys leaving there, it's going to open up a little bit more room for him. I I don't know. I just... You love him. I just don't... I think I just <laughs> overlook him. But. Which is great. I love it. Yeah, it works in my favor all the time. It's great. <laughs> I, for, he's just... For your fantasy roster, he's kind of a depth guy for me. Like I, I don't know how you see it, Bruce, but for me, Trocek's a guy that he can contribute in some categories. And um, he doesn't shoot as much as he used to, but I mean... 25 goals and 60-ish points is pretty good for a guy that's going to go in the, I don't know, 12th, 14th, 15th round. Yeah, and you got category coverage too there, especially with the face-off wins. Yeah. I think he's physical too, so you'll get some hits from him as well. Some peddling minutes maybe. Maybe a few of those too. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's go to defense here, guys. I want to talk about Adam Fox. Bruce, I know you, you love Adam Fox. He's probably in like your top three. Like... And that's probably something we'll talk about in a later episode is maybe ranking our defenseman a little bit. But um, we've got him at 12 goals and 77 points. Bruce, is that uh, do you like that projection? You're taking the over-under on, on Fox. I think I'm going to go slightly over on that. He's you don't see you don't hear a lot about him because it's mostly it's Kale McCarr, it's Heiskanen, it's Yossi. You, you talk about those guys. You don't get a lot of talk about Fox, and he's been very quietly here the past three seasons have put up some really impressive numbers yeah. and he, he does have, and he does have a Norris trophy to his collection already as well. So that sure does. Yeah. He, he see like, he doesn't get the same level of hype. You're right. As guys like Cam McCarr. Um, well, and you almost had a hundred point season. So obviously he gets some, some hype Definitely, there too, yeah. but yeah, 70 plus point pace in each of the past three seasons for Fox and a guy that you can probably count on for double digit goals. He had 12 last year, 11 the year before. Yeah. Like uh, 24 minutes a game, and he's running the, the seventh best pl- power play uh, in the NHL last year. So I think, uh, oh, and then power play points too. Like, he had, I think he's put up at least 23 power play points since 2020, 2021. Yeah, he's been great. There was uh, one season I had Fox, Panarin, and Shesterkin took Panarin first, first round, Fox in the second round, and Shesterkin in the third round because he was still there for some reason in the third round. You didn't go zero G. Not that year, I didn't know. Oh, Bruce. Uh, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> last year, I went way, way heavy. Like, like, literally, I think last year was like the one dropped. I think I literally waited to my last three picks to take goaltenders. You did. But I don't know if you were you really happy with that draft that year? Did that work out for you or not? That was the Yahoo one I did that in. So I ended up middle, middle of the pack. So gotcha. Uh, the other one I drafted. The two Leafs goalies, fifteenth and sixteen in the fifteenth and sixteenth round. Yeah, that's the year I lost to you again for like the fourth time. 
Sorry, man. You're, you're going to get me next year. I know you will. I know you will. Uh, before we talk about Chesterkin, because, of course, we have to talk about Chesterkin, I do want to talk about Keandre Miller and about uh, Jacob Truba. Um, Keandre Miller, he's looked really good. Like last year, 43 points, nine goals, and virtually no power play time. Um, yeah. And I think, like, Tyler, do you have any interest in Keandre Miller in some of our leagues? I know, like, we have a, a 10-team ESPN league we play in. Um so it's, it's it's a bit of a shallower, shallower league. Maybe you're not as interested in Keandre Miller, but um, for a standard 12-team league, is he a guy that you have any interest in? I'm, my concern with him is is the lack of power play time. And now they've got Eric Gustafson there, as you had said earlier, Bruce. There's there's probably even less of a chance that we see Miller on the on the second power play unit, right? So, uh, Tyler, any interest? Yeah, I still think he's going to play at least on the second power play unit. I don't think Gustafson's going to... Like, I, I know that that's kind of the only thing that he does. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that was on a team with a lot less depth than, than the Rangers have. So I, I would still be interested in the bottom end of my my D, taking Miller. Yeah. Uh, can he reach double-digit goals this year, you think? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. So you're taking the under think- on our 10 goals and 47 points? Yeah. Eight. <laughs> Equals. Okay. Eight All right. That's fair. Bruce, what do you think? Well, I picked Miller up last year when I lost, when Wierenski went out with injury. Miller was my replacement pickup for him. And just from what I've seen, I think he'll, I think he possibly could get the 10 goals. He'll, he'll get close to 50 points because, yeah, he's, he just seems to be able to generate offense. He doesn't need power play time to do it. A little bit like Darnell Nurse, right? He just doesn't mm-hmm. need power play time. He generates points. And Miller is of that same. And, well, I think he'll be he'll be very close. So, so speaking of Darnell Nurse, um, and I'm thinking of hits here specifically, but Miller was one of just three defensemen last season, along with Chris Letang and Moritz Sider, to post at least 40 points, 150 hits, and 100 block shots. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind too is he's played 214 NHL games. Um, I think though he is a bit bigger player, so that may not matter as much for this uh, for this year, but. We'll have, to, we'll have to see. And then um, over two hits and 1.3 blocks per game. Um, so great great category covers there from Kevin. And then let's go a little further down the rabbit hole talking about hits here. we got Jacob Truba. <laughs> uh, this guy is a monster. So, okay, Tyler, I'll go to you first. A- any issue with some of the hits that Truba lays out there? Or are those just good, clean fun for you? I mean, I don't like all of them, but... <laughs> A lot of them are just good, clean hits. Okay. Just yep. heavy. Just really, heavy. really heavy. Yeah. Some Bruce. of them are stupid, but some. <laughs> he, he's, one of the, he's one of the last players that can still deliver a huge hit and not look like he's headhunting. Yeah. You look at some of the defensemen, you can tell they're headhunting. He doesn't... You, like, you know when Truba's on the ice, you're going to get hit. So if you get run over and... Oh look, it's Jacob Truba. It's like if you're an idiot for not recognizing it, you should know he's on the ice and make sure you got your head up because you know if he sees you got your head down, and you're not looking, he's gonna remove it. Yeah. And Tyler's biting his tongue. No, no, Tyler, you, you have you have something to say. You better say it. Go well, for it. I was man. just gonna say you said he's one of the few that can go out there and make hits and not look like he's head hunting, except for like when he is. Except when, he, except when he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to make sure that was, that was clear. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, let's talk about a few stats here. So obviously a banger league beauty. Um, one thing I did want to talk about is I think he was first amongst all skaters last season. He had a combined total of 613 shots, uh, 2.4 per game. Uh, hits and blocks. We had 2.66 hits per game and 2.39 blocks per game. So uh, add to that 30 points and eight goals in just over 20 minutes of time on ice. And that guy, I think, is great value, Bruce, at his average draft position currently of 126. Oh, definitely. In category leagues, he's you. it's a staple, right, on your defense. That category coverage is fantastic. All righty. Uh, we've beat the defense to death. Let's go talk about goaltending here. Um, we've got this split here. So Igor Sisterkin, but then we've got Jonathan Quick here as well. I don't think he's going to play much, right? He's basically there just to try and keep Shesterkin fresh for the playoffs. We've got him. How many back-to-backs does the Rangers have? 12? Let's, let's just so go. That's that about as many starts as Jonathan Quick is going to get, unless he needs a rest. <laughs> he's Quick isn't going to see much of the ice except in practice. Well, so we've got him here, or I had him at 20 starts. Um, so a little bit more than than just the back to backs, but because I don't think can you really play Shesterkin like that that mean that would mean seventy starts for Shesterkin if if uh, yeah only played the back to backs. Do you think seventy starts for for Shesterkin? I mean, he could. He could, but, he could. Yeah, but but would they right? Like, well, quick. I think is, it's going to depend. Quick Sorry, is going to be hurt anyways for <laughs> half of those twenty starts. Yep, that that's actually a very valid point. I'm trying to think who was the last player to play uh to start 70 games. Wasn't it Braden Holpe? Braden Holpe or was it Cam Talbot? Cuz the Oilers rode him into the ground that one year. Uh well, Holpe played 73 games in 2014-2015. You know it's like 923 save percentage in 73 starts. That's incredible. That's amazing. Wow. Um Okay, well, so anyway, like for, for the purposes of this preview, we, ha- we had Shesterkin at 62 starts, so 76% net share, and Quick at 24% net share. Um, he will have to dispose of his walker before he goes onto the ice, so that, that could be an issue. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, so Shesterkin, is he any worse than the number three netminder this season, or where, where do you guys have him kind of in the, in the big three? Bruce, I'll go to you first. I think at this point, I would put him slightly ahead of Vasilevsky. I'd put him in the number one spot. I'd put Vasilevsky at two, and I would put, uh, it would be Sorokin or Soros. Probably put Sorokin slightly ahead of Soros right now. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think I really like Soros, but I don't like the Preds this year. So Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Tyler, what about you? Uh, Shesterkin, Sorokin. Vasilevsky. You just like that defense and for the Islanders more? Yeah. I, I mean, Sorokin's been just, amazing. Yeah, he's a great goalie. And the way that they play, I mean, he's not going to let a, go- a lot of goals in. He might not get all the wins. Right. But but he's still going to be up there. So. Well, we need those wins in our ESPN league. So. Uh... I was just looking at that. Maybe I'm going to change that. <laughs> no, don't change it. Don't change it. <laughs> <laughs> I might. Oh, damn it, Tyler, don't. All right. Add the shifts back in. Uh, 38. <laughs> Get those shifts in there. Thir- thir- I'm never going to live that one down. Um, <laughs> nope. 38, 38 wins for Shesterkin. Is that, uh, you guys like the over under on that one? Tyler, what do you think? Over. Over. Bruce? I think it's going to be over. 
Shesterkin's uh, time on ice is going to depend on how the Rangers are in the standings. If they are up up at the top of the standings, Quick will get more starts. If they, for some reason, end up being iffy and a bubble-type team, then they're going to drive Sesterkin into the ground to get into the playoffs. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about for the Rangers before we move on to the Philadelphia Flyers? Crickets. Be he like thought that. about it for a second, then he turned his no. mic off. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Philadelphia Flyers, 31-38-13. Uh, they're seventh in the Metro, 29th in goals for per game at 2.68, 23rd in goals against per game at 3.37. Corsi 4, 46.79, is 26th in the NHL last year. Special teams were dreadful. The power play was 32nd at 15.56, and the PK was 74.68, which was 26th in the NHL. They've got 12 back-to-back sets this season, tied for six most with eight other clubs. 30% of their games are played on light days, uh, the sixth lowest among all NHL clubs for this upcoming season. Key additions include Garnet Hathaway, Mark Stahl, Victor Mete, and Cal Peterson, if you want to call him a key addition. Uh, <laughs> key departures, Kevin Hayes, James Van Riemsdyk, Tony D'Angelo, and Ivan Provorov. Tyler, will go to you here first. Did this team improve, decline, or stay the same? They suck. They didn't improve. The only improvement's <laughs> going to come from Couturier actually playing. Um, and and maybe some, Yeah, maybe some other guys being healthy. But they suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Bruce, what about you? I pretty much exactly what Tyler said. They're, they're going to suck. They, if they want any success, they are going to need Carter Hurt literally to stand on his head again this season like he did last season for them. And Cal Peterson's going to have to stop at least one puck in the game for him to. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Good luck. Uh, well, if he, if he stops five pucks, that means it's a million dollars a puck he stops. So, so what he's so he's earning his keep is what you're telling me. He's the highest paid goalie on the team. Uh, okay, so let let's start there because you guys went right into goaltending. So let's talk about Carter Hart first. Uh, we've got him at 55 starts, 67% net share, and 23 wins. Cal Peterson, 27 starts, 33% net share, 12 wins. Um, that may be generous, but again, are they going to run Carter Hart into the ground? Probably not. I don't think so. I, I don't think they will. The interesting thing is going to see what happens to Peterson, because if he's terrible in the preseason, he could be in the AHL again this season, and they'll bring up either Sandstrom or Erickson to back up Hart. That's like I put in the thing here. It's Peterson had a disaster of the season last year, and he may not be the backup by the time the season starts. He could be in the AHL. He could be somewhere else too if he's not if he's not good in the preseason. But they're not going to drive Hart into the ground. They've got a couple of young goalies there in the AHL they can bring up and and do that. At least they would be wise not to drive Hart into the ground. Okay, uh, Tyler. Any chance they just trade Carter Hart to the Edmonton Oilers already? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I, okay. I still think it. I still think that trade ends up happening. Not with Edmonton, but I still think it ends up happening this season or in the summer. I think in the summer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Carter Hart, uh, Bruce, did you had mentioned here surprisingly good considering the team he was playing for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like his save percentage was nine oh seven, which is slightly above his career average, but it's the goal saved above expected. It was at ten point three which for the team that played in front of him is impressive because that team was terrible. Yeah. 
absolutely terrible. He stood on his head a number of he stole a number of games for them, especially at the beginning of the season. Did you have him on your roster again last year, Bruce? I did, and then when they went for crap, I dropped him. Then Tyler picked him <laughs> up and flipped him for a defenseman. I'm like, he did oh too. Yeah, God. I remember that. Yeah, classic Tyler. Actually, I think it was Adam Fox he flipped him for, if I remember correctly. I was like, oh my God. That's just that's just being an astute <laughs> fantasy manager. Well done, Tyler. I, yeah, absolutely. I got great management. That's just a good, tidy piece of business right there. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I'm just looking at some of Carter Hart's stats here. So his even strength save percentage, 917 last year, 916 the year before. Um, he's kind of been around 915, 916, 917. Power play save percentage, though, 963, Bruce. I think mm-hmm. historical league averages are around 909. So expect some regression there. But then it's it's kind of a wash because his PK save percentage was at 834, which we know will go back up to 860. So um, yeah. probably expect more of the same from him, especially with some of these guys coming back, right? Couturier, Atkinson. Um, and, we, and we know Couturier, when healthy, yeah. is a good defensive player too. Definitely. And they're going to play more solid defense. Uh, what's the coach's name there again if Tortorella Tortorella if the guys take a night off they're sitting in the press box so they're they're going to play hard in front of them but it just the talent isn't there now especially with Provorov being gone that's yep it's yeah the defense isn't going to be as strong so he's going to have to stand on his head again so like Tyler said hopefully they'll trade him to a team that's got a better defense in front of him and then he'll become a superstar goaltender there you go um Okay, let's move on to the defense here. There's really only one guy we probably need to talk about, but I'll talk about a couple here. Uh, so Cam York, we've got also got Travis Sanheim and, and Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, it really just looks like it's going to be Cam York's spot. Like with Provorov and Tony D'Angelo gone, it appeared that Cam York had sort of gained the trust of Tortorella throughout the season. His minutes did increase throughout the year. Um Tyler, do you think, like, is, is Cam York pretty much a lock for power play one in Philadelphia this year? I think he kind of has to be, like, just kind of looking through what, what else they have. There's not, I mean, Ristolainen, but. We used to love Ristolainen. Risto used to be. Yeah, that that was like five years ago, though. I know, I know. He's <laughs> my, good for my, category coverage terrible for plus minus right it was like he minus Oof, 75 yeah. every season but i mean he, he had power play one in buffalo and now yeah he's so I, I guess i'll just throw this out there our projections for those guys uh my computer froze on me okay here we go uh seven goals and 37 points for cam york and then i've got five goals and 30 points for ristolainen so um but tyler you think cam york gets a first crack on power play one yeah i think he like i think he has to i mean between him and sanheim and maybe Ristolina. I mean, that's the whole. That's it. That's it. So <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce, what do you think? Who's getting uh, power play one there in Philly? I think they'll give York the reins, and they'll get and they'll. This team is going to be terrible. So at this point, it's give it to York and let him run with it and see what he can do. We we know that Ristolina can't really run a power play, and I don't don't remember ever seeing Sanheim running a power play. So. Give it to York, let him run with it. It's really interesting that all three of those defensemen, well, not not surprising, but interesting, like they're they're all just going to be freebies, right? You'd be able to pluck them off the waiver wire basically at the start of the season. Um, yeah. And if that, like, I don't think the power play is going to get any worse than 15%. 
especially now they've got some guys coming back not. healthy. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed they're better yeah. next year. Um, Morgan? I actually had York on my team last at the end of the season last year. Okay. So I had lost a few defensemen. I had York was one of the pickups I had at the end of the season. Well, and I had a listener ask me about Cam York um, about halfway through the season last year. And, and I was just, I totally overlooked that player. Uh, really had no interest in him last year, but I mean, that's going to change this year, it looks like. The other guy I wanted to talk about here was uh, moving forward. Like, so we've talked about Owen Tippett lots, Bruce. We, we've covered him in yep. a couple different episodes. Um, obviously, looks really good. We've got him projected for 30 goals and 65 points. Um, he finished last season with 49 points and 27 goals in 77 games. Uh, 192 games played, so he is approaching that 200-game breakout threshold. Uh, for Bangers Leagues, 1.62 hits per game. And the shot rate's great. 10.3 shots on goal per 60, ranked him 39th in the league last year. Nice. So lots to like what Owen Tippett there is. You can have lots of opportunity. Um, 158th is, is is Yahoo ADP. So I think uh, you'll get That's good solid. value on, on Owen Tippett this year. Definitely. Um, I also wanted to mention that in the fourth quarter of last season, he played 20, 25 time on ice per game and 61% power play share. Um I mean, we may see more like more of the same, but our projection is based on a bit more conservative 19 minutes per game. So uh, good things ahead for that player. Definitely. What can we expect from Cam Atkinson? Uh, missed all of 2021, 2022 with injury. He scored 41 goals in 2018, 2019, but uh, recently, like 2021, 2022, had uh, 23 goals and 50 points. So... Bruce, any interest in Cam Atkinson this season? He is currently going undrafted. Probably not as a not as a draft. I'd be I'd be patient to see what he does at the start of the season. He'll probably be uh if he starts the season well, he'll be uh an early early season waiver wire pickup. But at this point, I wouldn't be drafting him. I, I would be a, more of a wait and see. Couturier, I would take a, a late round flyer on because if he can if his back holds out and he can come back and play when he finally went out last season, he was almost at a point per game before his back gave out again. Yeah. And I think, um, and Tyler, I'll go to you on this one. Katuri is pretty much a lock at, at uh, top line center. Do you think between Atkinson and, and Travis Konechny? Yeah, I think so. And then probably power play one as well. So, I, I mean, like he's probably the guy to get there and then, Morgan Frost, we see him playing second line center with Farabee and, and Tippett. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think they flipped the two at the beginning of the season. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna ease Couturier in to make sure his back can actually take it. So you think maybe I don't some, think they wanna okay. I don't think they're too anxious to throw him to the wolves right away at the beginning of the season. I think they're gonna be I think I they're think, gonna be conservative with him. I, I don't think they will because uh, there was some talk about how he wanted to play at the end of next year and and he was told no uh, by Tortorella. So he was ready to go. Um, I don't think they're going to take it easy because I think the take it easy part's already happened. Okay. They're just going to turn him loose. And, well, he's had lots of time, for, right? Which like, would be good for Philadelphia, definitely, because yeah. he can put up points. 
Well, and, and that's probably good for um, Konechny's value as well. So when like, yeah. we've got him for 33 goals and 80 points. Tyler, do you like the over or the under? Over. Over. Okay, Bruce, what about you? If uh, Couturier can stay healthy, over. Yeah, last year, what did he finish with? Um, 60 points and 31 goals in 60 games. So, yeah, I, I'd say a point per game or better is definitely doable. Um, solid contributor for penalty minutes, 1.28 last year, just about one hit per game. Um, he was actually over a hit per game in the last uh, two seasons before last year. Uh, career best 9.5 shots on goal per 60 and he played over 20 minutes per game and 61% power play share. So Torts loves this guy. And, and they ran out of players to put on the ice last season <laughs> too, didn't they? So they pretty much had to play them all the time. Yeah. I don't know what our projection, what, uh, what we had for minutes, Bruce, but I, I don't think it was 20 plus minutes. What do we have, Matt? Well, actually 20 and a quarter. So I, I wonder if he plays that again this year. Uh, probably could. I mean, he, he, he certainly could. They don't have a ton of options there in Philly, so we'll have to see what happens. Um, 93.2 is his current ADP. Not bad. That, that feels like decent value on a player that's, that's probably going to be a point per game, or you expect him to be anyway. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Uh, just We talked about, about him already, but do we like Sean Couturier for 27 goals and 71 points? Bruce? If he can stay healthy, Absolutely. The big thing is, is his back going to hold up for a full season? He hasn't played a full season in, what, three years now? Four years? Uh, I think it was 2017, 2018 was his last full full season, right? So it's right? been a while since he's played a full season. So if his back can hold up, absolutely he'll get there. Okay. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, and I think the last player I really wanted to talk about for Philly was Morgan Frost. So, again probably playing in one of those top two center roles. Um, signed a new contract, two years, 2.4 million bucks, or sorry, $4.2 million. Um, and last year, I'm just looking at his numbers here. So he ended the season, he had 40 points in 54 games, so a 61-point pace. Um, but I mean, it's so hard, hard to say what he does this year with just more personnel in Philly, but... Uh, that is another player that is currently going undrafted. So pro- probably a watch list guy for me. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I think watch lists are super late. Wafer uh, wire pickup. I, I don't know. See, see how he does when the season starts? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, now that we've completed that dumpster fire that is the Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> let's move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Uh, 40, 31, 11, fifth in the Metro. I still can't believe that the Pittsburgh Penguins couldn't beat the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Chicago Blackhawks in the final two games of the season to make the playoffs. Absolutely brutal. Um, anyway, goals for 3.18 was 16th. Goals against 3.21, which was 14th. Corsi for 52%, which is 9th. The power play was 14th at 21.72%, and the penalty kill was 79 uh, percent for 16th in the league. They have 12 back-to-back sets this season, tied for sixth most next year or this upcoming season. Uh, 34% of the games are played on light days, the ninth most for next season. Key additions, Riley Smith, Matt Nieto, Nola Chari, Lars Zeller, Eric Carlson, Ryan Graves, Alex Nedeljkovic, Magnus Helberg. Key departures, Jason Zucker, Mikel Granlund, Nick Benhino, Jake Drake Kajula, Josh Archibald, Jeff Petrie, Brian Dumoulin, Jan Ruda, Dmitry Kulikov, Casey DeSmith, and Dustin Tikarski. 
Bruce, I'll go to you first. Did this team improve, decline, or stay the same? I actually think they got better. They got rid of some dead weight, and Granlin hadn't done much since they he got there, and I don't know why they gave him a contract extension, but they got rid of him, so that was nice. I think overall, I think they got better. I would tend to agree. I, I like the moves they made. I think Riley Smith is an upgrade um, on the left side over Jason Zucker. Like Jason Zucker, out of nowhere, just became a hits monster last year. I can't remember his exact numbers, but <laughs> that guy hit everything in sight. Um, I think Riley Smith will will do really well, and and we'll talk about him later. But I mean, he's going to get a, a chance in the top six, uh, probably next to Malkin. So that's great. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Ryan Gray. I think they like to add Carlson and Graves. That that defense yeah. looks, you know, pretty good. Um, Tyler, Definitely. I know you're not a big fan of Jeff Petrie, so uh, probably happy to see. Like, is Ryan Graves an upgrade over Jeff Petrie for you? Uh, I th- I think so. If you add in Carlson as well, um, I don't think straight up they are. I still think Petrie's a little bit better than Graves, mm-hmm. uh, at least at moving the puck for sure. Right. Um, but obviously Eric Carlson uh, takes up the rest of that. I, th- I still think it's weird with Latang and Carlson being there. Well, so so let's let's go there first because that's just kind of the big story in Pittsburgh. Obviously, Eric Carlson and Chris Latang. Um, I I love Chris Latang just for his category coverage. That guy's been phenomenal. Um, we've got him projected for twelve goals and fifty nine points. And I think that's probably due to the fact, Bruce, that we're expecting Eric Carlson to take power play one. I think you said it right away, right? Yeah. Oh, and, he, and even Latang himself said, everyone's wondering, what is, what is Crosby and Malkin going to do when you've got Eric Carlson on the power play? He said that himself. Like, So I am, I am very certain that if we do see Latang on the power play, it might be with Carlson on the blue line, but... I think what they'll do is they'll probably move Latang to power play too, and they'll rest him. I think is what I think that's what they're gonna. They'll give him some rest time instead of playing power play time, and let him focus on the rest of his game and let Carlson take over that I, offensive role on on the first power play unit. I one thousand percent agree. Um, I wasn't I wasn't sold initially. It was it was a situation I was just going to avoid, but at this point, I because I know they had actually talked to Latang about bringing in Carlson and he, and he yeah. gave him their blood. He said, yeah, absolutely. Like you'd be absolutely, crazy yeah. not to bring in a guy like, like Eric Carlson. Yeah. So I, I, I think it was that same interview. Yeah. And so I think Chris Letang recognizes this guy is just an elite level player, especially on the power play. Um, yeah. Not defensively, Bruce, cause I know you hate him defensively, but um, <laughs> he's a dumpster fire defensively, <laughs> but you know what? I, I really like Eric Carlson. He's gonna, he's never had access to, to the types of weapons he's going to play with. Right. Like, this is going to be really no, exciting, I think. He's yeah. he's not going to put up 100 points again. We've got him at 16 goals and 75 points. I could see him putting up a couple extra goals, like maybe he gets 18 or 19 goals, maybe hits 20. Um, but but 75 points probably seems realistic. Tyler, what's your approach going into the draft here? Are you thinking the same thing, or, or is it going to be a split on the power play? I'm not going to tell you. I, I know you're not going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but for our I listeners, think- what do you think? Uh, for our listeners, I think Carlson's going to play all the power play. I mean, Latang will probably get out there for the last 30 seconds, something like that. Um, and I I mean, that's probably how it should be. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that's fine because at this point, it, it feels like the goal is just to win another Stanley Cup. So if they can keep Latang healthy and fresh for the playoffs, that's probably all they care about. All right. Um, so Carlson, like we said, 25 goals, 75 or 76 assists, wins his third Norris Trophy last year. Um, Tyler, do you like that projection? 16 goals, 75 points. Where, where do you see Carlson next year? Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe number. Um, I think you go just just over that, but I think that's a pretty safe safe number to bet on. Okay, are you, are you do you like his ADP right now at forty point four? We're talking like early fourth round here. Yeah, I mean, just because of what you just said, I mean, he's gonna play with Crosby and Malkin, so I mean, he did that with that San Jose team. <laughs> I mean, he should be able to do something pretty decent with. With those two. Yeah. It's going to be Tyler's fourth round pick. He's going to take Bouchard in the third round, and he's going to take... Oh, he'll never tell you, though. He'll never tell you. Bruce, what about you? Do you like that projection? And and do you like where he's being drafted currently? Not a fan of where he's being drafted currently, but he is going to go that high because of what he did last season. And he's in a great spot here to produce, so I think he'll be very close to the numbers. He may not get there, but he'll be close. Okay. Um. I wrote way too much about Eric Carlson. So if you want to get all the, the down low on all of his statistics, underlying metrics, uh, make sure you go to the website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com and read up on the blog. Uh, and then lastly, let's talk about, um, I shouldn't say lastly, because we haven't talked about Sid or, or Gino yet, but let's talk about Tristan Jari. Um, 54 starts, 66% net share and 31 wins. Bruce, I know you're not a big Jari fan, but... Um, it, does that seem achievable for him next year? I think so. I, I think the defense overall has gotten better. They're obviously going to put up points. They, they've got it brought in players to improve there. So I think, and he has proven in the past, he, he is a good goalie. He's just had some struggles here and there. They brought in Nedeljkovic to, to back him up, which I think he'll be better than what DeSmith was last year. Just, Smith was a bit of a train wreck last year too, so yeah. that didn't help them either. But they've shown confidence in him. They gave a new contract, five million a season, so it's what they've got. So he's got the—I think he's got the talent to do it. It's just a matter of actually doing it now. Uh, yeah, nine fourteen save percentage and a two point six five goals against average. Uh, that's his, or so that's his career numbers. And um, last year a nine oh nine and a two point nine zero goals against average. So I think. With some of the personnel changes and some statistical regression, he's going to be a lot better. Um, one thing I noted that uh, during the three seasons prior to last year, so from 2019 to 2021, he had an overall save percentage of 917 and an even strength save percentage of 922. Uh, his even strength save percentage last year was the third lowest of his career at 915. So expect a bit of a bounce back from Jari. Um, nice numbers. I, I do... I do like him for sure. Um, Tyler, what's your thoughts on Jari? Any any interest? Let's give us your draft strategy. What are you thinking? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've always tried to take him or tried to have him. Um, I was surprised at how much he got paid because it seemed like it was going to be somebody that got traded and then they just gave him all of the money. So that was kind of weird. Sure. Um, but I think he has. I think the whole team has a better season, and and if the the team's winning games, then I mean he's absolutely worth taking. So 
I'm not going to, though. Okay. You're not, you're not <laughs> taking him, hey? Not at all. I don't know. Maybe in the eighth round. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah, never know. Uh, okay, let's go to Riley Smith here next, because um, to me, that's a guy that he's going on average right now, 153. Our points prediction is 24 goals and 60 points. Feels like a good breakout candidate. Um, I don't think he's ever played with players like Malkin. Uh, and he's going to get exposure to one of Carlson or Latang. Like, Bruce, do you think it's more likely that we see Latang on the top pairing at even strength than Carlson um, on the second pairing at even strength? That would make sense. Like I've said before, I'm not a really big fan of Carlson's defensive capability, so I can't really see him see him playing on the top pair. They, they need someone that's defensively responsible to play with Carlson, so he can go yeah. do his winger thing. So. Um, so I, excuse me. I guess like with that assumption in mind, I guess my point is Riley Smith could be, uh, with Malkin and with Carlson at even strength. And he's never had yeah. players like that at his disposal. So, um, no, he's never had a defenseman like Carlson passing the puck to him. He'll, he'll be surprised. He'll be going down the wing and all of a sudden there's gonna, Carlson leaves whipping the puck to him. And he's never had a defenseman like that. So he'll, he will benefit from it. All right. Definitely. All right. So do you like the over the under on 24 goals and 60 points? I think he'll be over. Okay. I think so. Tyler, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go over. Just over. Just I really want to go under, though. But Okay. Could be the Jake Gensel injury bump, too, that gets him over that, too. But yeah. Yeah, especially the start of the season. Depending on how long Gensel's out for. Yeah. I think um, my initial thought was that if Gensel's out, even if it's just for a few weeks to start the year, that kind of gave Brian Rust uh, a chance to get a foothold on power play one because he, he had been a power play one guy historically, but uh, this past season he saw just 38.2% power play share. And um, I don't know, there's there's lots of things that I'm, I'm not so, so sure about Rust, and, and it kind of feels like um, he's going to be on power play two this year. Like, do you guys... Because it, 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 Pittsburgh seemed to prefer Ricard Raquel on, on the top power play unit. So is is Brian Rust still a bounce back candidate, do you guys think, Bruce? Or, or um, like we've got him for 26 goals and 62 points. What do you think? I think he's going to have a tough time getting there because I think he'll get the spot on the first power play unit. Well, I guess it depends if Riley Smith outplay, outplays him in preseason. That could be Riley Smith's spot too. And then... Both of them, either one could get bumped when Gensel's back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, Gensel, we've got him here at 40 goals and 87 points. What do you guys think? Taking the over to the over the over or the under, Tyler? Under. Under. Not- yeah, I'm taking under, too. It depends how long he's out for. They made it sound like it wasn't going to be long-term, right? Like, they were talking... It was months initially, and now they're, they're talking like weeks. So I, I'm really curious to see what happens with him. Um, he did suffer from some poor puck luck last year, though. Secondary assist rate was a career low. Uh, it was a 44% drop from the year previous. Um, what else? Career low IPP at 60.8%, and in 8.4 Tevish Bruce, uh, and a lower power play shooting percentage. So there are some things working in his favor, assuming he can get back in a reasonable time frame. I think Con- uh, contract year two, contract year two. 
Um, so, I mean, I like Gensel. Maybe he doesn't quite get to 40 goals and 87 points, uh, depending how long he's out, but I like the player. And then I think we have to talk about Sidney Crosby. Right now he's going in the, the second round. Um, at, at an ADP of 19.2. So, Tyler, I know you love Sidney Crosby. I love Sidney Crosby. Um, we've got him projected for 34 goals and 92 points. He's been an absolute model of consistency. Uh, 36 years old, as you know, Tyler, that's super old. Um, especially in hockey years. Especially in hockey years. <laughs> especially in hockey years. <laughs> Uh, but he's managed to play at a 92 to 104 point pace since 2018, 2019. So it's kind of incredible. His shot rate has actually increased in each of the past four seasons. Um, he's an absolute generational player. Guys like that can continue to produce well into their late 30s. So Tyler, you're taking the over or the under on 34 goals and 92 points. Over. Taking the over. Can he hit 100 points this year? Yeah, I think he does. Absolutely. Especially with Carlson there. All right. Bruce, what do you think? I'm going to take the over too. Yep. I like it. For, for me, Carlson's for sure the X factor there. I, I really want to see what they do with that guy manning the power play. Uh, and then Evgeny Malkin, he played a complete 82-game season for the first time since 2008-2009. 14 years, wow. the first time uh, since he's played a full 82 games. He's 87 years old. 87, sorry. Holy, holy moly. He's 37 years old. My apologies. Same uh, thing. Same wow. Thing. I'm going to edit same that one thing. out. He's got the walker out there with skis on it. He's just going around. Oh, good for him. No, at th- 37 years old. I, I mean, do you guys expect him to play another full season this year? No. I don't think he will, but if he could, that would be fantastic. But I don't think he will. And, and does that change your your interest in him at the draft. Like he's going right now at 105. Are you fading? No, are you fading Malkin Bruce? Or do you, do you like him for next year? At that ADP? I, I like him at that ADP. Cause I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to play the full season. Yeah. If he was going to play in the full season, he would be, his ADP would be probably closer to Sid's number than it would be what it, what it is at. So if I'm taking him at, at 105, I'm expecting him to miss part of the season. Okay. Tyler, you agree? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I think that about covers it for the Pittsburgh Penguins. If there's anyone we missed, uh, make sure, again, you check out the notes, and uh, there will be lots more information to review there. We're going to move on to our last team of the night, the Washington Capitals, who were 35, 37, and 10. They're sixth in the Metro. Goals for, they were 20th at 3.09. Goals for per game. Uh, Goals against, they were 15th at 3.18. Corsi 4 was 19th at 49.8. The power play was 16th at 21.22%. And the PK was 11th at 81.86. They've got 15 back-to-back sets this season, tied for second most with Minnesota for next season. Excuse me, 45% of their games were played on light days. That is tied for the most with Anaheim. Key additions, Max Pacioretty, Joel Edmondson. Key departures, Connor Brown, Connor Sheary, and Craig Smith. Tyler, did this team get better, worse, or stay the same? Worse. Yep. That's what I think. Okay. Even with Pacioretty there, hey, like I, I actually, I, I do like the addition there. And for me, that may be a player that I that I stash in drafts if I can get him hmm. at the right, uh, 
Yeah, make a note. Tyler's making a mental note right now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where the right place to take him is. And so I'll just, I'm just going to check the notes here. What do we got? Uh, his ADP currently 166.7. Um, That's nice. That feels like really good value on a guy that can score 20. Like they just came out. And so he was shut down, obviously, with his Achilles injury. Uh, Both Washington's them. new coach, Spencer Carberry, was not able to provide a, a firm timeline heading into the season, but he said November or December, like November or December were mentioned as possibilities. So uh, I looked at the schedule and I thought based on where they're playing and what was happening Monday, December 4th against the Coyotes probably made sense. Cause that was followed by two days off and then a two game homestand. Um, so if that happens, you heard it here first, but that's my, that's my take on it. So that means 22 games lost to injury. And obviously that limits his upside, but even with games lost, I think he could still put up 25 goals and 49 points. Bruce, do you like the over or the under? I'm going to take under on that. I'm just concerned he's already tore his Achilles twice. I think he'll be a a good late-round stash, but it's all going to depend on whether his Achilles is actually going to stay in one piece or not. It's twice now in two years. I just, I don't know. Okay. Tyler, what about you? I'm going to go over, and he wins the Masterton. I like it. There you go. Make a note. Make a note. Make of that. a note. That is that is a nice hot take. I like that one. That's good. Make a note of that. Okay. I I could see it. I mean, maybe maybe he just came back too quick last year, right? It, it, I, maybe it was a freak accident. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. But at that point, Bruce, in, in the draft, I think that's just where you kind of take some swings, right? Like. Yeah, like I, I, I have no trouble taking him as at a late round and stashing him. I, I, even though I've got questions about his tendon holding together, I'd still, I'd still draft him and stash him. Yeah, and and the only thing I, I think like he's gonna get power play one, but Ovi's on power play one too, and and we just we know they're gonna feed Ovi the puck a ton, so it might limit his upside on the power play. But one stat I really wanted to mention was that his shot rate was second among all skaters, five on five, from 2019 to 2022, at 11.64 shots on goal per 60. Second among all skaters. Well, if you look, so if he does, so if he does play right wing on the first power play unit, you got Ovechkin on the left side in his office there. Now you got defenses thinking like, well, crap, right? So is Carlson going to go to Pacioretty? Is he going to toss it over to Ovechkin? You've got, this could give Ovechkin some more space too, because now they've got a couple of killer shooters on that first power play unit. So that could open up some space for Ovechkin because they're going to, if Pacioretty's out there, they're going to have to respect him because he can put the puck in the net too. Yep. Good point, Bruce. Could be interesting to watch that power play. I, I have a lot of interest in John Carlson again next year, which probably not a surprise to you guys. You've been drafting with me for, you know, four or five, six years now. So um, and you guys are aware that I like John Carlson, but let's talk about Alex Ovechkin first, actually. He's just 72 goals shy of Wayne Gretzky's record for all-time NHL goal scoring leader. So I think you can probably bank on him being pretty motivated this season. Um, we've got him projected, Bruce, for 48 goals and 83 points. Do you like the over or under? He's only 72 goals shy. I thought it was more than that. I mean, unless my sources were wrong, but I think I went to NHLrecords.com and that's what it was. So, um, check again. If check again, <laughs> where's Siri? Siri, 
Because that seems low. 894, and I think, isn't he over 800 goals, though? I don't know. But if Ovechkin can stay healthy, he'll he'll have a 50-goal season again. He's got to stay healthy, though. I, I think he probably can, but he's also getting to that point in his career. Like, at 37 years old, um, you got to think there's going to be some signs of age-related decline. And, and actually, that was evident in the last half, or the second half of last season. So he slowed, he, he had 49 points in 45 games, which is an 89-point pace over 82 games in the first half of the season. He dropped to 26 points in 28 games, uh, a 76-point pace in that second half. So, I mean, I, you know, Tyler, do you, can we reasonably expect that uh, Ovechkin's probably going to have some slower second halves in the next couple seasons? I, I mean, just... We've talked about it before. I think as an older player, that's probably a reasonable expectation, especially if you're if your team is a lock to make the playoffs or if you're close, maybe you just take it a bit easier in the second half. I think at this point, he's won a Stanley Cup. Like their D is not like it's barely playoff worthy. I barely. It, it it's just gonna be him trying to score goals. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all. That's all that's going to happen. That's it. Like, yeah. that's that's the next thing, really, even for that core of that team, aside from the fact that they signed Tom Wilson to that ridiculous contract. But <laughs> that's, that's really all that's left because they won their cup. Yeah. Like, they're not all going to be there again to win another one based on the structure of the team right now. No. So I, I don't know that there's going to be a second-half slowdown. I think he's just going to sit there... Like at the blue line and just wait for the puck. Just put me in the power play. I'm just gonna cherry pick. I'm just gonna score my goals and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, we're looking at a team whose top line center is probably Dylan Strom next season. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that uh in the looking at the line combos, they a lot of them have Strom as the third line center. He's really their first line center because Backstrom, I don't th- Backstrom isn't going to be the Backstrom of old. No. And Kuznetsov, it all depends on how he feels that day, whether he wants to play or not, is whether he actually plays or not. Yeah. I don't- Strom's the only one that's really gone out and gone after that. And he is probably their, he is their best center they have. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have zero interest in Evgeny Kuznetsov moving forward. Like, no, I got burned by him twice. I'm not doing it again. He's a bonehead. Uh, saying that, probably still bonehead, but 20 goals and 63 points. Does that seem doable, Tyler? I hope so. <laughs> I'm not taking him, but I'm just saying I think that's probably something to look at. Um, he did shoot a career low 7% last year, though, which is far below his three-year average of 9.8% and his career average of 11.2. Uh, so some some reason for optimism there. Um, but his, his he saw his power play time drop to 57.4% power play share. His lowest since 2016, 2017. Um, that was overall. And then it, it fell each month, basically. Um, yeah, Strom took it away from him, and it'll just continue. Yeah, like he, he lost a minute, a full minute of time on ice in the final 37 uh, games of the season and down to 36% power play share in April. Um, and then conversely, Ryan Strom... He played at a 104-point pace from February 25th to the end of the regular season. So he had 28, 28 points and 11 goals in 22 games, 
obviously not sustainable for a guy like Ryan Strom over a full season. Uh, but do you guys like 26 goals and 72 points for that guy next year? I do. He's uh, he's found a, he's found a new home in Washington. He's going to make take full advantage of it. Yeah, uh, I think he sees that. Well, look at the guys he's playing with, right? You got Ovechkin out there. You've got Oshie when he's when the band aids hold. Yep. Backstrom will have access to Pacioretty. Carlson back there. They got Sandine back there, who isn't exactly a. He's young, but he isn't exactly a slouch either. He's showed to be a very capable offensive defenseman when Carlson was out. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't. And think- he has a, Wilson's back, so yay. But. Yeah. Um, I think he'll do it. Okay, Tyler, do you like Strom for seventy-two points? You're taking him in the thirteenth round, probably, or maybe in around there. If I'm taking him at that point, yeah. But I don't know about those that point total. That's, that's a little ri- little rich for you. It's, it's, it's up there. It's up there. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I think that's probably it, guys. Like Nicholas Backstrom. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> Oshie. Yeah. Tom Wilson. Like we've got him at 29 goals and 54 points. If he can stick with that top line and stay healthy, I think it's doable. Yep. Am I the only one that like doesn't understand that contract extension? Oh no, I no, I, I think we all sort of understand that. But we were talking about that on a yeah. previous episode too, Bruce. And didn't you mention that it was really bonus heavy? Yeah, it's yeah, it's I hope so. So the last last few seasons are signing bonus as opposed to salary. So I think they're they're expecting this contract not to age well. They know. The guy's he's six four, six five, massive dude plays a hard game like it's not going to look good in the last two or three years of that that contract no but how do you not look good in the first two three years either <laughs> how do you get plays. that big of a raise for that much term like being what he is it's a great question <laughs> the summer before do you have to yeah that's actually mm-hmm. a really good point too because they had some time to see what he could do this season right yeah I don't know well, he is the uh, second in the top six. He is the second youngest next to Strom. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anthony Mantha's 28. Wilson's 29. Strom's 26. Everyone else is 30 plus. Kuznetsov is 31. Oshie's 36. Backstrom's 35 with that hip surgery. I just, I don't see that, that aging well either. And then Ovi's 37. Dowd's 33. Yeah, it's, it's not a lot of youth on this team. No, it's it's an aging core for sure, and and we kind of know where they're at. But has a career uh, high fifty two points for six point five million times. What is that? Six seven years? It's a lot. It's just that um, blows my mind. Four of their six defensemen are over thirty two. But that cap's going up, Tyler. It's going to be a I bargain in a couple of years. No, it's not. No, it's not. You can't <laughs> say that about everybody. I know. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, okay, let's move off the Wilson talk. Let's move on to John Carlson. Um, 17 goals, 70 points. Tyler, you have to agree with that. This guy's pretty much money in the bank every year. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. That's it. Um, yep. Absolutely brutal injury last year. I, the guy is Oof. the guy is an absolute monster. Like he, It was amazing to me that he actually came back and played. He played twenty over 23 minutes time on ice and 76% power play share. And... 
17 blocks in 10 games coming back from injury. Oh, we know he's not afraid to get back in front of the puck. Not at all. So that like, that was crazy. Yeah, it's just to come back from that, that was just wow. Uh so John or Bruce, do you like John Carlson at 17 goals, 70 points? Oh, absolutely. All day long. And that that ADP, that's a steal. Yeah, 92.8. I mean, again, this is one of those that's things a steal. like early ADP numbers and and really whoever you end up drafting with is probably gonna have different viewpoints on this stuff, right? So you probably don't get them there. Maybe you get them closer to 70. Like, is that? I'm wondering if reason why his ADP is so low is they're thinking that they might put Sandine, that they might start transitioning to Sandine, but I can't, as long as Ovechkin's there and that I can't see that happening for another couple of years. They know they've got Sandine there. They'll lock him up here after this year because I think he's in a contract year this year. They've got their... Power play quarterback of the future there in Sandine. But as long as the OC and Ovechkin and those guys are there, Carlson's going to be a lock of power play one. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Not for now, nope. anyway. All right. Uh, last guy here, Darcy Kemper. 57 starts, 70% net share. I think it's Charlie Lindgren, right, is the, the backup there. So not really a lot of competition. Uh, 28 wins projected for Darcy Kemper. His career even strike save percentage is an impressive 922 comparable to both Andre Vasilevsky at 925 and Connor Hellebuck at 923. Um, this past season, his save percentage fell to 912 and his goals against average dropped to 2.85, which is wor- his worst since 2016-2017. Now that they've got some players coming back healthy and Max Pacioretty and all the rest of it, I think we'll see a better season from Darcy Kemper. But Tyler... Um, any interest in that player at an ADP of 100.5? Uh, no, but I'd take him quite a bit lower than that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bruce, what about you? Do you like Darcy Kemper for next season? Not at that ADP, nope. He would be, uh, I would, he, would have, he would have to go considerably later before I would consider him because I, uh, I don't expect Washington to make the playoffs next year or this year. Okay, well, that seems like a good segue then into the 2023-2024 way-too-early predictions. Uh, we're going to run through this quick, guys, because we're, we're running late on time. But um, No, we don't do that. We don't do that. Well, we're going to have to get our act together for next <laughs> week when we're limited to exactly 60 minutes. But uh, you know, throughout this, this summer, we haven't had an opportunity to talk about the predictions ourselves. right? We've had guests on, and we've had uh, their, their interest on this so, or feedback on this. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna go through this, guys. Tyler, who do you like to win the Metro Division next season? Carolina. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Devils. Bruce, what do you think? I'm gonna go with the Devils too. Okay. Um, who wins? Edmonton. The yeah, you couldn't let me finish the sentence. Okay, <laughs> Edmonton. Yes, I'm taking it. I'm taking Edmonton all day. Um, Bruce, what do you think? Who wins the Cup next year? Yeah, I'm going with Edmonton. What a bunch of dorks. We're, know, we're a bunch right? of homers, and we know it. But you know what? I, it just kind of feels like the year it has to happen. Like, they've got the the Heritage yeah. Classic. Connor and Leon are now at the age where they just, it's it feels like it's they, they, they have to, it's now or never, right? Like, they got to do it. They can do it. I, I think they have the team to do it. And if Jack Campbell is even just, just league average. Just give us league average goaltending. We'll we'll be fine, right? 
Um, this is actually this is a little bit off script here, but Tyler, do you think that power play can get any better than it did last year? Like I've I've heard people say, oh, they get Evan Bouchard out. You know, it's it, no. Thirty-two point four percent was a historic power play, best ever in the NHL. No. They're not no. going to get any better, right? No. Yeah. Thank no, you. but okay. that's okay. It could just be a couple percent less, and they could stop the puck. Thank That'd you. Be fine. Perfect. Okay, we're on the same page. Great, love it. Uh, Bruce, who who wins the Rocket Richard Trophy? Oh boy, uh, I'm going to go with Leon. Connor's going to say he has to put up 60 this year, and Leon's going to go okay, and he's just going to go and do it. I would love that. I would I would love nothing more than to see Leon win the win the Rocket Richard and put up 60 plus goals. Tyler, what do you think? Well, he stole mine because I was going to say Leon, but to <laughs> to not be a complete homer. Uh, Matthews. Yeah. You, you read my mind, but yeah, no, for sure. I, I really, that, that hurts me too, to say it, but I, I want to say Leon first, but I think, um, and cause we talked about Matthews just last week and his, his uh, shooting percentage was like 12%. It was way down from what he should be at. I, I think it's different than that. I think it's like McDavid did whatever he wanted to do because he can dry settle. Isn't that good. He can't do that. And I don't think they care about it as much I think they'll focus more on actually just winning this year as opposed yeah. to putting up a pile of points yeah I think but so, I, I think, think so Matthews but I think Matthews as as a is at the point of just caring about that he just wants to show like, he can he's the best goal scorer in the league yeah and I think his mind yeah. is off the contract now too right he's like he's signed for like he's in Toronto for the next five years I think that's he can just rest easy and score goals but um yeah, I, I agree, Tyler. I, it, for me, it's and that's what I mean. Like, it they've lost now two straight years to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. It feels like Edmonton, and they're prepped, right? They're like the whole team was skating today, right? Basically, um, it just feels like that type of year where they've like, okay, we're gonna do it this year, and they don't care about the. It was like Ovechkin when he stopped caring about goals and he just went out and actually played some defense, right? And they and they won a cup eventually. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of how it feels in Edmonton this year. Um, but I'll, I'll agree and say Matthews for the Rocket Richard. Who wins the Art Ross? This is probably the most boring question ever. Connor. <laughs> it's Connor. I don't think we even have to think about it. No, no it's, that's pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, Norris Trophy. Bruce, who do you like? Norris Trophy. Oh, the easiest ones would be to say a guy like McCarr or Fox. I'm going to say Heiskanen. That, that's a good pick for next year. I like that one. Tyler. Yep. You stole it from me. I, I, I really like, I mean, Buffalo's kind of the sexy pick for next year, right? They Everyone's expecting those guys to make the playoffs, and I, I like Darlene to win a, a Norris next year. The Vezna Trophy. Sorokin. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah, with Sorokin. Shesterkin to win his second Vesna, and I don't know if this pattern is going to hold, but it was interesting when I was looking at his numbers, he was kind of alternating over the past four seasons between a 930 save percentage and a 916 per save, save percentage. Last year was his 916 save percentage, so let's just, fingers crossed, he's going to do 932 this year and win himself a Vesna. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, and then again, probably another boring question, but Tyler, the who other, do you like for the Calder? The other Connor. The other Connor. Yeah, it'll be Bedard. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, that's just the obvious answer, so we'll stick with that. But I think it's going to be a really interesting Calder race this year. There's actually a lot of players who 
because Chicago's going to be bad. They're going to be really bad this year. Yeah, but and, so was Edmonton when Connor should have, and yep. then he got hurt. And he got yeah. injured, right? But I mean... And that could come into play for Bedard too, right? So he's only 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, Not that Some there's of the big anything boys wrong could... with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, spoken from two guys who are sub 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> who, like, who else is a candidate? Well, Logan Cooley in Arizona, I think, could be an option. Cooley, Fantilli in Columbus. Fantilli in Columbus is going to have a good year. I think like he could be a 60-point guy. I look at what Shane Wright did. There's no reason Fantilli can't do that. What, go back to junior and then say, What did Shane Wright do again? I'm sorry, <laughs> Matthew minors. Nyes. Not, not Shane Wright. Matthew Nyes. My apologies. Um, uh, uh. But you know what I mean? Like I think Fantilli could put up 55 or 60 points and 25 no, or 30 think- goals. Yeah, I think Columbus is going to be pretty decent. If Bedard doesn't get hurt, I think it would be like Fantilli would Probably be right Fantilli. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Devin Levi, we've talked about him. Like if he if he does get this, and it's, and it's a long shot, I know, because they don't typically give young goaltenders like that a lot of games. But Skinner. Well, yeah, right. So exactly, yeah. like he could be this year's Stuart Skinner. That there is that possibility. Um, if he ends up if they end up in Buffalo like Skinner did in Edmonton, where he's thrust into where he's got to play, it could very well happen. Well, it's for he's in a conversation. Yeah, and for Buffalo, they they want it. They need to make the playoffs, right? It's like they've been so close, and I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> I don't think people vote for for goalies for the Calder unless you're like. Chesterkin. Yeah. Well, last year was a case in point, Tyler. Like anyone yeah. who watches the Edmonton Oilers play, like to me, it was horseshit that Matthew Nyes won the Calder. I'm allowed You're to swear not. on this show. I can't swear on the live oh, show next week. Fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was garbage. I'm sorry. Matthew Nyes gets like 54 points and wins the Calder, and Stuart Skinner almost wins 30 games as an NHL starter, and that's not good enough. Like the Oilers probably would have made the playoffs without Stuart Skinner. No, there's no way they would have made the playoffs without him. And I know that's a huge homer take, but sorry. Matt, what Matthew Nice did last year was not impressive in my eyes. Sorry. Moving yeah. on. Veneers. But yeah. It's just, it's just been, it's, it was Veneers. It wasn't nice. What, nice what, didn't sorry. The oh my God. It is getting late and I can't even talk anymore. Thank you. Oh, you can, is this, is this, were you I, just trying to like, because we're talking about Matthews now, you're just uh, all about Toronto? You got me all tripped up and it's just Matthew Nice. I'm trying to my boost those numbers in God. Ontario. Matthew no. Nice. It's like Matthew the 87 nice. year old Malkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a doofus. Anyway, Veneers, <laughs> thank you. What a hack. What a hack. <laughs> Hence the name, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Just hacking it up over here. Oh, God. On that note, um, I think it's time to call it night because it's getting late and I can't apparently yeah. get my facts straight anymore. So uh, <laughs> let's move on. Bruce, Tyler, thanks, boys. It was good. Um, you bet. This was nice. I like this. It was good. It was a lot of fun. We'll be back next week. Fingers crossed. We got another guest joining us. Uh, if all works out with the timing, like I, I said, John, check- <laughs> 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 uh, special guest Jonathan ends joining us. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> like I said, Edmonton Sports Talk. Go check it out. We'll be live there nine o'clock next Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll have Tyler and John with us for that one. Um, Definitely. Time will tell. Anyway, check us out, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. Go check out uh, Twitter at FHHacks. We'll see you boys next week. You bet. Bye. (laughs) 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 